Welcome to Live Healthy Now with Nicola Mercer, a weekly show helping you get clear on the power of building sustainable, healthy habits to live the happy, strong life you are craving. It's time to stop waiting for happiness and burning yourself out trying to reach it. Each week we'll share insights into the world of health and well-being to help you learn which habits are the right ones for you without the overwhelm and confusion you feel right now. It's time to strip back and lay out the truth about why taking better care of yourself is the answer to the happy life you're striving so hard to create. Hi and welcome to today's episode of Live Healthy Now. I have a fabulous guest with me today, Casey Head, who is joining to talk to us about habits, resilience and the mind-body connection, amongst other things. There's lots that I want to explore with Casey and tap into her story and expertise on. So Casey Head is a coach and she focuses on being a happier, healthier you, which is very aligned to Life Now Coaching because I talk about living healthy, happy and strong. So I love that you Mm -hmm. use the words happier and healthier. And you work with survivors of cancer which we will dive into. That's a big part of your story. And you help them to take back control of their life and reduce anxiety, which we know is something so many people are struggling with. When we're recording this, it's Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK, which is actually Mm. this year focusing on anxiety. So I've been talking a lot about that this week. And yeah, welcome to the podcast, Casey. I'm looking forward to exploring all of those interesting topics with you. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be here with you. Yeah, it's lovely to connect and be able to share your story and hopefully inspire others. So to get started, I like to ask guests about their most impactful healthy habit, if you want to share what yours is. Oh, for me, exercise for so many reasons. It's like my therapy. It is. It makes me feel good like honestly it just gives me everything that I need yeah oh I love that and I've actually used that for my own answer when I've been asked that on other people's podcasts and I know you're a yoga instructor is yoga your favorite exercise or do you have something else that you like to do when it's for you I do I love yoga for just mentally and physically all at the same time but I also love strength training Mm -hmm. so for me it's it's that same connection just in a very different way because my muscle and trying to create something I mean I'm not like you know throwing around 100 pound weights or anything but it's that same connection and slowness and progression that I think yoga gives me as well so I really enjoy that as well yeah I'm a big strength training fan as well and I talk a lot about how powerful it is for my mental health exercise has been a real kind of Mm -hmm. savior almost for my anxiety and I just love how you, you just get so into the strength training mentally you know and that resilience that you build by having to power through I don't lift heavy weights either but it's still just I don't know it's so rewarding isn't it it's so yeah all encompassing Mm -hmm. as you saying you 
come at it from a yoga perspective knowing what yoga does um I have dabbled with yoga but I'm not a big yogi um so I haven't ever quite got to the point where I can get into the full flow of yoga and what it provides from that mindset and and kind of you know the whole being mindful and breathwork point of view so it's great that you can apply that to strength training yeah <laughs> so I thought we would start by sharing a little bit about your story and kind of going right back to the beginning of what your life was like pre your own cancer diagnosis in terms of your health like were you someone who was aware of the health did you live a pretty healthy lifestyle or not so about I I was I've always been very active uh growing up playing sports and everything Mm. and continue to exercise Mm, not like consistent but not consistent in my 20s and um then about two years before I was diagnosed, I was at what I thought my healthiest that I had ever been. <laughs> you know, starting to actually like focus more on nutrition. I was still exercising, but more consistently and starting to actually really dive into that side of life again for since like high school. <laughs> and, um, And then I was diagnosed and I thought I was healthy and realized coming out of this, now learning even more, how unhealthy so much of my life was, unfortunately. What what was the biggest area of your life that on reflection you can see wasn't very healthy? Um, So I, I had like the exercise and the nutrition down, but what I didn't have was the mental and emotional health. I was just white knuckling through life and constantly stressed out, constantly just like trying to achieve this unattainable goal in my head of perfection and, you know, lifestyle and all these things that literally since cancer, I don't care. That is a huge one, especially for women. I, I know it's, you know, men as well, but obviously we hear so much more about how women struggle with who they're up, they are, with their self-worth and with this whole, you know, kind of belief that they have to be as good as the best women that they see out there. And that puts such pressure on us to be everything everywhere in our life in our relationships and with our family and even our home and our environment as well as then career so that yeah that's really interesting that you have have looked back and recognized that was something that probably wasn't very healthy or helpful in how you were living your Mm -hmm. life and that you've changed that perspective now and I guess that's something that you know because of what you went through with cancer which we'll dive into is you know you're able to support others with as well who have probably also had similar reflections is that what you find when you're working with the people on your programs oh 100 percent. that like you know we as women we have a lot of anxiety even before cancer cancer doesn't help (laughs) reduce that at all and we've lived a very healthy, or I'm sorry, unhealthy lifestyle in mm. the fact of 
we're constantly people pleasing, never taking time to prioritize ourselves, constantly achieving some unattainable goal, perfectionism, like all of these things that create this underlying stress that's bubbling right below the surface. Yeah. And we're coming at the same thing from a different place in that I want to help people not reach a crisis point that makes them have that penny drop moment of how they're living and how unhealthy they are. You're helping people who have gone through a crisis, you know, something very traumatic, very difficult, very obviously stressful and potentially life-threatening with cancer to, you know, rebalance themselves afterwards after treatment finishes. So, yeah, with yourself, Casey, I know we've chatted about this and, you, I mean, you're very young, if anyone is listening rather than watching. How old are you, Casey, if you don't mind me asking? I am 40 now. I was diagnosed when I was 31. Right. So, you know, you're very young. You've been diagnosed with cancer three times and gone mm. through very difficult treatment, which for anyone would bring perspective to life and how you want to live. You know, so in itself you know that is such a a huge thing to go through at a young age for anyone being diagnosed three times is, is you know god it's just unthinkable really so you know tell me a little bit about that journey in terms of the realization you had and and then how you you started to you know not just have the cancer treatment but use other learnings and techniques to help you build back your health in between each of those diagnoses and then you know as you were having treatment as well yeah so I think the one thing that helped me throughout my treatment was I never stopped exercising in some capacity so even if it was just walking I still did that at least 20 minutes a day and yeah everything hurt and everything's uncomfortable but it for whatever reason made me feel better, even if it meant me coming back and taking it. So as four months into my journey, I ended up having a stroke because of the chemotherapy. So I had to relearn how to use my entire left side. And when that happened, I was in intensive rehabilitation therapy while still going through chemo because I wasn't in remission at that time. And what I realized is even despite like the hurt, the pain, like physical pain that I was enduring, just trying to rebuild an entire part of my body um, was that I was stronger than I thought I was. And so I couldn't do a lot, but I could do more than what I was doing. And Mm. so I dove into yoga because it was the only other thing besides walking that I could do. And throughout that, I I did that uh, a few times a week at least. And then afterward, I realized, you know, in between my my stints of, of being in remission and then being diagnosed again, like it really was helping me mentally and emotionally and physically because there's so much disconnection from the trauma that you endure. Uh, Medically speaking, you're just like, okay, my body is now being looked at by 900 people. I have no um, 
sense of self. Like, how did mm. I not know I was sick? All these things that are running through your head. And because the the poking, the prodding, the examinations, you kind of just like check out of yourself. And this is a way for me, yoga was a way for me to bring myself back to me. Like you're on your mat, you're breathing, you're in your body, you're in positions that you don't typically aren't in a warrior too if you're during your day. So um, you're in, you're having to understand where your shoulders are, where your hips are, where your chest is at. And like having those check-ins, even though it was very physical, helped me understand even what was happening inside of this. So I dove in even more (laughs) afterward um, because it really helped me learn how to use this body again. And I say it like it's not mine, but at the time it didn't feel like mine. Mm. Mm. And so did you do yoga at home? Was was it something that you kind of found yourself and then found something online that helped you to do that? Because obviously you were for a lot of that time in hospital and then going to hospital for treatment. Yeah. yeah. So I just did it. I did it at home because, well, you know, you're, you're immunocompromised during that time. So mm. being out in the gym isn't really like the cleanest thing to be doing, as we all know. Um, so I did a lot of it at home and I even brought my mat into the hospital oh. and when I was there because it just, it brought me something normal into my life, even when I was in the hospital, because nothing's normal. And I just found people online, um, because at the time I was not a yoga instructor, so I just found it online. And just thankfully, because of YouTube, <laughs> I could practice practice with whoever I wanted for as long as I wanted and find something that worked for me, even if it was like five minutes of just like, movement Mm, yeah that's really good and you know for anyone it kind of shows that whatever's going on in your life there are ways to find you know out how to start a new habit and how to do that without necessarily you know leaving the house or having money or having equipment you know youtube is obviously great for so much content when it comes to health especially working out i've used youtube workout videos for probably about eight years and I'm a qualified personal trainer but I still love to put YouTube on you know especially because I work out at home on my own so it just feels like I'm there with accountability beginning to end of a session yeah so that that's amazing that that you did that and tell me a little bit more than about the mind body connection because that's something that I really focus on as well is helping people to see how your mental health impacts your physical health and also vice versa the physical health impacts your mental health because for me in my journey with anxiety I never had that understanding and awareness I just tried to get a fix for my mental health by solving only the anxiety you know I didn't look holistically at it as a health overview and I've heard that actually and and spoke about that this week on my social media about how you know we isolate mental and physical health and yet Mm. together we should really be coming at it as health 
And that's it. You know, there are different elements. You mentioned emotional health. You've got spiritual health and, you know, other areas as well. So, yeah, just it'd be great to dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, I think that you can't have one without the other. I really Mm. don't, Um, especially knowing what I know now. Um, I think before cancer, I would have been like, yeah, it's just the physical health. Like, just concentrate on that. Do that. (laughs) And anxiety sometimes for a lot of people, I would say the majority needs to physically move out of our bodies. Like we need to, it, it creates like um, almost agitation inside of the physical body. Like you can see like the twitching, the, the, the weird things that we do or the tapping or like it needs to move. And so exercise actually helps anxiety move out of the body Mm. because you're giving it somewhere to go. What I love about the mind body connection is like it's the same as as strength training you're breathing you're moving and you're concentrating on you and not what else is going on in the world and so you can apply that same principle to yoga because you're actually like for the first time thinking about your breath thinking about your body and like you the internal conversation starts to quiet down And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize like how much my thoughts were running my day (laughs) because you're finally allowing them to to not be there as loud as they want to be. And when you're in yoga, a lot of times it's constantly bringing your mind, body, breath back together. So it's like a way to manage the thoughts that come in. You're like, oh, why did I start all of a sudden thinking about my grocery shopping list? And you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be here on this mat moving my body. And it brings you right back to like, that's got to wait till later. I'm in the 10 minutes into my yoga class. That's got to that's gotta be uh, set aside because this is time for me and for my, my mental clarity. And so it's like, it's, that makes sense of what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. And as I said, I'm not a yogi, but I did go to a few hot pod yoga sessions uh, just over the last couple of months. Mm. And I've tried yoga before, lots of different types of yoga. And I really enjoyed these sessions because I think it was the first time, maybe because I'm in a different place anyway, that, that I really felt that that in in a session like that, that mind body connection and how really, really focusing on the breathing helped to be present and, and really mm. notice how I felt, notice the way my body was moving through the movements. I'm definitely not very fluid in the movements between one and another. But what I'd done as well was booked in a beginner session, like more of a workshop for a couple of hours to really get into the fundamentals of yoga which was a big help because like I said I tried it different times over the past probably 15 years or so but this session helped me to to understand which way to breathe Mm. and which way to hold my body and all of these you know things that that are part of a yoga workout and so yeah that totally makes sense and I think you know it Yoga isn't for everyone. Like I say, I, I, I actually want to do more yoga, but I've realised time-wise I, I, I need to 
or I prefer, I should say, to do other types of workouts. But mindfulness in itself is something that I really advocate. Yoga is a great way that you can be more mindful. There's lots of other ways. But it's ultimately all about what you're talking about, Casey, isn't it? With that mind-body connection in the moment, really recognising in yourself how your breath and your body are moving together and so on. And and then that plays out into how you live in the rest of your life, that happiness and health we both talk about, doesn't it? Because, you know, as I said, having that understanding of how the way you think and feel impacts the way your physical health can become. And likewise, the way you are physically, how healthy you are, definitely plays out in your mental health. And so that's something that you've focused on, isn't it? And found you know, that resilience piece to be very important in your recovery and then now remission from cancer. Absolutely. And it it really is about being present in the moment. Like anxiety stems from thinking about the past or thinking about the future. Mm -hmm. And so when you're able to be present in this moment, whatever it is that you're doing, you can't think about the future or the past. And so you literally are like trying to train your brain how to do that in real time when you're moving and honoring what your body can do that day on the mat and not for what it could do yesterday and what it can do tomorrow because that's changed mm-hmm. like in an instant. So it's really focusing on the here, the now to become more present. Yeah, I've learned a lot about that. And again, when I had my struggles over 25 years with very severe anxiety, that understanding of it being, you know, the worry of the past or or regret of the past, if you like, and the worry of the future of what was to come just wasn't explained. And yet now that makes such Mm -hmm. sense. And it's then, you know, worrying too much about those things and catastrophizing about what might happen and getting, you know, sucked into that downward spiral of all of those thoughts about what, you know, could be the outcome and then becoming very anxious about that. And I love how, you know, lots of of, um, motivational speakers and doctors even, you know, talk about the, the focus on the presence and that literally now is the only moment we've got and even the fact I've just said now that's in the past you know like we we only have that precise moment that we can have control and agency over so you know learning how to be aware of that is the first huge step which I know for myself has been and still is work in progress because when your mind races all of the time it's it's really difficult to find in ways to help you be present like yoga or working out you know I find running really good for me I don't like running overall but I like it and I talk about this a lot when I share it on social media that for me it's the mental aspect that is the win for me I find it very physically hard and I'm not sure I'm ever going to be someone that can get into the, the flow of a run and think yeah 
yeah, I've got that run as high. But it's the mental bit because I'm only thinking about the run and I'm only thinking about, you know, the next steps and what I would like to achieve and how I want to feel at the end. And so for me, that's it's it's very grounding in, in you know, no pun intended, but very grounding in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I do enjoy that. But going back to resilience in, in yourself, what has been the kind of the biggest learning and and something that you've now applied into your health toolkit having gone through three diagnoses and sets of treatment for cancer you know to to stay resilient because as you said it's very traumatic to be diagnosed once with cancer and go through treatment but three times and to have that experience and, and potential anxiety over it coming back again you know how have you managed to be resilient um, there I think it, it comes down to like three different components it was always the hope that the next thing would work out it was always it was never letting that ever die mm. it was always like even when they told me we don't have options left I was like okay but there's got to be something like my brain just didn't accept that that there wasn't anything and then it's the mental fortitude to know like my body can take a lot so I just have to get my mind on board with this idea of we're staying in this game and we're going to do everything and anything to continue forward and it's like if my brain wasn't on board with my body and my body wasn't on board with my brain I could have easily slipped fall up fallen into that victim mentality of like oh my god it's not gonna work it, mm. nothing's gonna work and not find solutions in that and I think that resiliency of like having a solution-based mindset even when it doesn't seem like there's a, a way to solve the problem yeah helped tremendously mm. Yeah, I love that solution based mindset. And so how do you apply that now in the habits that you have? Because I know you focus a lot on habits like I do as well. And it's it's something you've absolutely learned the power of. So what does that look like now to have that solution focused mindset? So I'll give a, a real time example. I did something to my foot uh, this past winter season. And I don't know what I did. I still can't figure it out. <laughs> But I was like, okay, I can't run and walking is kind of painful. What else can I do? So I got on a, 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 a bike, um, a stationary bike. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I don't love this modality, but it's all I've got. So I'm going to lean into it and I'm just going to, you know, it, it didn't hurt my foot to do it. And I got similar high as working out mm -hmm. in other places, but it wasn't the same, but I was like, you know what? This is temporary until my foot heals and then I'll be back on. Like always like finding a different path forward and then going, it's just a deviation. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to go back and run or lift weights or walk or whatever. It's just like, it's always like, it, it can't be, it's not over until it's over, you know? it's so funny that you told that story because when I broke my wrist um two years ago I 
got a bike, a stationary bike as well. I didn't have one. I bought one on Amazon and it was still in the midst of COVID and lockdowns and so on. So I got the bike because I was exactly the same in that. How am I going to keep moving out and what can I do? But what I was thinking about as you were explaining that, and, and this is, you know, game why we're doing what we're doing, because you are a person who values your health and you have habits of moving your body and exercising that make you live and feel the way you want to feel. So you were able to find a different solution because that's about who you are. And I think that that's the ultimate key, isn't it? Is that, you know, you can say to anyone, well, look for a solution, but if they don't really care about the thing that's changed and what it's going to mean because it's not happening anymore in this kind of example or different way then you don't necessarily find a solution but I think it's about knowing who you are and how you want to feel and live and your values so that then when something changes and or, or comes into your path like what happened with you with you know that that really difficult diagnosis or someone else who has you know medical problem you then want to resolve it you want you know how you want to feel so you look for a solution don't you say so, yeah that it was really interesting the way you were talking about that what came into my mind does that make sense with you and how you look at it as well 100% and I think I like you said mentioned when we first jumped on you don't want people to get to the point to where catastrophe happens and they have to that or what I forget the exact words you said, but where it's to the point where it, it, it it's a catastrophe to make changes, like to the point where it's we don't hit that. It's like I value that feeling so much because even before cancer, I loved it. And then cancer kind of took that away. And especially during my stroke rehabilitation everything was taken away. So like even moving my body, I couldn't do on my own. So even the simplest thing is sitting up, I needed help to do that. So like having that awareness now, even it fuels that fire even more so than I think yeah. it did even before. If that yeah. And so it's how can we fuel that fire in people to have, I think the way I talk about it is having that penny drop moment about why you want to take better yeah. care of yourself. Yes, yeah, so that you're not waiting for something to happen. And I, I usually talk about being kind of, you know, different types of people in that there's someone who's fearful of health and just thinks, oh God, you know, something might happen and maybe then I'll have to do something. Or you've got the person who thinks, oh God, life's for living, you're a long time dead. You know, that whole attitude of what's the point in worrying, we'll just live and see what happens. Or then you've got mm -hmm. the person who does value the health and thinks, yeah, it's important. If I want to live a good life, then I've got to take care of myself because that's going to enable me to achieve what I want. And so it's, you know, getting people into that third bucket to value their health without being obsessed and making it, you know, something that takes over and worries them, you know, in, in that sense. So you focus on investing who you want to be for your future rather than now. You know, I, I kind of do that as well, although we all want to feel good now, but it's very much about longevity. I focus on health span. You know, I share a lot of statistics when I do workshops with businesses in particular, where I talk about 
um, certainly in the UK, and I think these may be global stats as well, that for women we're estimated to live just over 86 years, but we're estimated to live almost 23 of those years in poor health, which is very scary. That's a long time. Obviously, we've massively extended lifespan over the past kind of 60 years to 100 years, but we've done so at the cost of our health. And, you know, not appreciating or knowing that does put you, unfortunately, at risk of living many years with maybe lack of mobility, cognitive function and and because of that freedom in how you get to show up and live every day so you know you work with people to help them invest in that future version of themselves and have that fire ignited so what what are some tips that you'd maybe give someone some all about starting to build healthy habits now like how can people get that feeling themselves and, and know you know why it's so important Yeah, I mean, I think the number one excuse other than that I hear all the time is time, right? We as women don't prioritize themselves at all. So I'm like, okay, everyone's got time. They just aren't utilizing the time they have well. So if we can find the time and we don't need hours, that's the thing I think most people misconstrued that it takes hours to do this. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, if you only have 10 minutes, that's 10 minutes of movement you didn't do otherwise. Like 10 minutes is better than nothing. And I think that is something that people need to wrap their brains around as well. Is like, we don't need to do a full hour or 45 minutes or the entire workout inside itself. Like if all you have is 10 minutes and life all of a sudden gets in your way, stop it at five and go do the thing. And then maybe you'll have time again later. It's, it's always being like, well, what can I get done? What I can't get done as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like having the conversation with yourself about prioritizing your own time, you know, even watching TV, why can't you like do squats at commercials or whatever, you know, like things like that. Like it doesn't need to be something so formal that's so out of pocket I think we think of it as like that that woman who's just so fit and wearing all these fancy yoga clothes and looks amazing and incredible when you have a t-shirt and you have shorts, like that's a workout outfit and you have 10 minutes at home. Okay. Well, YouTube and, you know, you can sit up and stand from a chair for a hundred reps, like these things that are available Mm. to us. And it's just like, I think we overcomplicate it sometimes. Yeah, we do. And and I focus on the why, you know, being really clear about why you want to feel that way. And obviously, you know that now because your life was on a precipice, basically. You know, you've you've faced something that scarily could have been the end of your life at such a young age. And so, you know, the value of what you want to experience in your life. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's helping people to see that. They need to get clear on that so that they light that fire, you know, the sparks lit and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I am going to use that 10 minutes to move or I am just going to do some squats, you know, while I'm I'm moving about making the dinner or watching TV or whatever. Or even why am I watching TV when I'm on that I don't feel good all of the time? You know, is this really the thing that's going to help me to feel the way I want to feel? So, yeah, lots of different ways to look at it. And I like the term out of pocket. 
because we do hear people I'm the same that you know I have a guide that helps people to start making time because I know that's the biggest barrier and problem I hear women talk about but because they approach it as it's oh it's going to be out of pocket like oh well I haven't got time it's going to be more time it's going to take something away from me or cost me but is it taking something away from you or is it giving you potentially a much longer healthier life to me that's not out of pocket so yeah it's the way that you reframe it isn't it right and I think I always say like to the women that I work with you cannot pour from an empty cup like you have and here's the the crazy thing is like when you take care of yourself you take care of everyone else yeah better and like if you show up better you feel better like all those things that ultimately you want to take care of everyone, but mm-hmm. you have to take care of you in order to take care of everyone. Yes, exactly. I use the oxygen mask analogy of, you know, you have to put your own yes. oxygen mask on first to be able to then help others put theirs on. So yeah, that, that that's, you know, a great tip to give people. So for yourself, kind of what's next? What's, you know, is there anything that you're doing in your toolkit to help live healthier? Any new habits on the horizon? New habits. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, we're about to go back into a season where I can go get back on my surfboard. So I'm very excited Ooh. about that. I know oh. I just learned last year. Oh, amazing. And where are you at? Which coast are you on? I'm, I'm in California. So I'm on the Pacific Ocean. Oh, not jealous whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And how have you found surfing? Is it something that, that you've taken to? I I will be completely honest. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> but it's, it is challenging and it is scary and it's so out of my comfort zone that it's it's almost gives you like that high of doing something for the first time every single time. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. And although we're we're very far apart from one another, I live very close to the coast here and we have some great surfing beaches, mm. believe it or not, in the north of England. Um, my daughter's tried surfing a few times. Obviously, you need a very good wetsuit because it's the North Sea, which is very cold. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> not quite the Pacific. But yeah. Do you need a wetsuit actually when you're surfing? Oh yeah, it's yeah. not. It's yeah, it's still cold. Cold, yeah. I thought I've I've been telling a few times, and I I know yeah, it's not it's not quite the um you know like the Gulf of Mexico or somewhere where it's very warm and and nice to get into. Oh well, that's brilliant. I love that. So yeah, good luck with the surfing and enjoy the Thank the you. summer sunshine. And it's just I think another one of those things that you can do outside which is giving you the benefit of moving your body but then you get all of the other positive benefits Mm -hmm. of nature and fresh air and and I guess being amongst other people as well as a community is a big thing with surfing Mm -hmm. yeah I mean like you really do get a dose of all of those things and I think that's why I like it so much even though I'm not good at it and I'm on I'm on like baby waves so you know (laughs) like you could probably body surf the waves that I'm on but that's (laughs) all right that's fun (laughs) (laughs) right but it's like a new challenge it's something Mm. that continues to like what else can I do yeah 
And and that's a big part of building resilience as well. And living healthily because you want to, to enjoy it and look forward to it and learn new things, you know, and all of the, that stuff is helping you to build that resilience, which is so powerful when it comes to feeling good and strong and healthy and happy. So, yeah, I love that. So just before we, we wrap up then, Casey, if you want to let people know where they can connect with you and find out more with you, that would be brilliant. And I'll pop everything in the show notes as well. Absolutely. So the best way to get a hold of me is through Instagram at The Happier Hustle. And I'm also on Facebook and I have a website. So though, but Instagram is usually the, the best way. Great. And I know you have a free guide, don't you, to help people who are starting out with yoga? I do. So if uh, it's probably going to be in the show notes. So mm-hmm. definitely grab uh, your copy. I specifically did it for the audience here and especially for new new beginners because yoga is, can be really um, intimidating, but it's 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 really about honoring your body for what it can do. Even if that means like you're in child's pose the entire session, like mm. you need to feel what your body can can do and can't do. And it's okay to just lay in Shavasana, which is corpse pose, the end of the practice or child's pose. That's okay. You're honoring your body. That's all that matters. And if you have no idea what those pose names are, then just give it a go. You know, as I say, when I went to it, I'd heard of some of them and there was one, I can't remember what it was called. And I thought, I have no idea what she's even really saying, but it sounded good. You know, and it's, yeah. And and there are a lot, I wouldn't say they're easy, but the poses make a lot more sense when you, you, you're there and you hear them. You're like, oh yeah, I can see why this is called child's pose, for example. So you're basically kind of relaxing yeah. back like you would as a child, isn't it? So yeah, definitely give that yeah. a go if yoga is something that you think could help you. So thanks for creating that and sharing that, Casey. That's brilliant. Yeah, and I've loved chatting so much that we're both, you know, in common with in how we want to support people and help people. But as I said, coming at it from very different places, you know, so, you know, what Casey's doing is really niched. She's really supportive and obviously very knowledgeable and experienced at helping you if you have gone through a cancer diagnosis and treatment journey and you know that you want to better support yourself now that you are on the other side so I definitely recommend to reach out to Casey and just have a chat if it's something that would help you so thank you so much for your time yeah it's been great chatting thank you I appreciate it you're very welcome thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed our podcast please remember to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode it would be really appreciated if you could leave a rating and review so other people can find us and build their own healthy, happy life. You can follow Life Now Coaching on all social media platforms and visit our website at lifenow.uk. Links are in the show description. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and can't wait to see you again next week for more tips on living healthy and happy right now. Take care.